Thank you for tuning in to Tactile, a practical guide to transforming art and culture. This is the podcast of Leveraging a Network for Equity, LANE, a program of the National Performance Network. LANE supports arts organizations of color and rural organizations with time and resources needed to grow their infrastructure in ways that are culturally authentic and moves the field towards justice. I'm your host, Sage Crump, Program Specialist for LANE. Actually, I don't know whether to suggest it or not. Mina and me have not mm-hmm. talked about it. That you know, uh, we will talk about you know methodologies of decolonization and you know how we practice equity. We always begin with uh, two minutes of uh, you know we we sit around the fire in a circle and we ring a bell, and uh, we just take two minutes to just breathe and exhale and close out the outside world and bring ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you mind if we uh, if we begin with that with you? I mean, you are somebody whom we deeply respect and. Uh, if we just pra- uh, practice the praxis that we'll talk about, I would love to. So what what we do, Sage, is I think you have seen it in our uh, studio. Uh, we we generally sit around the circle. Of course, here we are. We'll imagine the circle, mm-hmm. and then uh, we ring the bell and we just uh, be silent for. We call it two minutes. Nobody's matching the time, and then after uh, just a, a few moments of breathing, we ring uh, the bell again and then it's yours okay Thank you for that. Thank you. I'm so excited to spend the day uh, talking with Nina Natrajan and Dipankar Mukherjee of of Pangea World Theater in Minneapolis. They are part of our beta cohort in Lane and some of my favorite people to spend time with both in their kitchen and uh, talking in their home and in their space and talking about their work and and their community. I'm so excited that y'all have taken some time today to to talk with me and to share with other folks the the work of Pangea and just the brilliance around um, how racial justice is showing up both in your work and in your work inside your organization and how you engage community. I've known you all for, gosh, 
if I want to, I don't want to put it, how many years on it. I have to think about that for a minute. Um, uh, and so I, I know a little bit about you enough to do some intros, but I would love for you to share with folks what you think is important for them to know about who you are. Well, it's an honor to be invited into this conversation. Uh, my name is Mina Natrajan, and we are really, both of us are really privileged to live and work on Dakota land and uh, be uh, really in close connection and relationship with Dakota, Ojibwe, and other First Nations people in the Twin Cities. Um, and I am an immigrant from India. So I come from uh, India into the space. Uh, I have a background in street theater, and I also um, have a, a background in science. And when I came to Minneapolis um, and Dipanka uh, and I are married. And so he was the resident director at the Guthrie. Uh, during that time, I was writing my PhD thesis and I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore and decided to uh, jump into the arts. And I wrote my first play in the United States at that time. Uh, so every time I got in front of my computer, it turned into a play. And I realized that I needed mm. to shift gears and do that. So that's a little bit of who I am. That's a great story about who you are and who that's who I know you to be. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's really an honor um, uh, to be working on um, native land. Uh, and we always begin with honoring the elders um, of uh, of the land uh, of communities that uh, did not voluntarily choose uh, to come uh, to this land and uh, elders from community that voluntarily came to this land. Um, it's important to hold both um, these multiple elders um, in deep regard and because and we are so privileged uh, to be um, sharing space and having a relationship with the land um, that has um, elders from Native American community and African American community. Um, and, um, and then Sage, um, welcome to, thank you for allowing us to invite you to our practice while you interview us. <laughs> Maybe that's reciprocity, reciprocity and decolonizing uh, practice. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. I'm Dipankar Mukherjee. I'm the co-artistic director along with Meena Natrajan um, um, of this organization called uh, Pangea um, World Theater. And um, when, when uh, I re really want to create a space uh, a creative space of equity um, and racial justice and um, c stories, uh, theater, um, conversation um, uh, has been uh, the primary DNA of our, uh, our of our organization, Pangea World Theater, and 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 we consciously took Pangea as a name uh, because uh, it refers to the continent that existed landmass before we got separated, mm. and uh, and uh, we wanted to choose that name specifically uh, the because there's a re in Pangea we don't do anything unless it originates from ground up. Um, and uh, so that we are talking about coming together, uh, but not from a we are the world uh, type of <laughs> Pollyannish <laughs> nothingness, but conscious, very conscious that we are we are, we are different from each other. Uh, we have different politics and at the same time finding intersectionalities. Uh, 
and um, mm-hmm. that is has been our search is our search and now after may 25th we have gone deeper at the core of the tornado with that search so that's who we are right now mm-hmm. and you know sage uh, pangea is now this year is our 25th year 25 and we began in 1995 around this very time in june july and uh, mm-hmm. so really this is our 25th year and um, so it's it's one of the uh, and it was always created as an intercultural and intracultural space in the twin cities mm-hmm. and that aspires to be both national and global that, that's amazing well congratulations on on 25 years and and i really appreciated the the practice um that you shared with me this morning two minutes of centering of of connection just quiet and silence before we kind of launch into it i think that um that kind of presence um uh, that kind of offering helps me be more present and i think that presence speaks to the kind of connection that we can have and that that you all build in your work um i love the the thing about when you were talking about pangea de panker it, it um not in the pollyanna way it made me think of the black feminist audre lord who um has a, a a quote saying um it's not our differences that divide us it's our inability to recognize and celebrate our differences yes right? yes i have that on my desk <laughs> i love 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 it it's like what we are spending 20 or 5 years to articulate she did it in one sentence you know yeah she did it in a sentence you all do it in a lived experience of yours and everyone around you yeah, and yeah. and pangea um, there's a lot going on in our field there are a lot of ways folks sometimes think about like art and culture as as a bastion of of um imagination but we know imagination without context can run wild right like imagination can run can uh, um in and of itself without some type of analysis some type of looking at the world some type of uh, um it's how we want to replicating white supremacy and systems of oppression right so i i uh, i think it's really important that uh, folks have an opportunity to hear from you all and others in this podcast about um how change happens right like how do you believe change happens i think uh for me change happens um by putting systems in place to make change happen and i know that uh sounds um like how do we put systems in place how do we even begin there but i think a uh, part of uh, like when pangea was created one of the things that we did was actually <coughs> put down the bones of how change happens like uh, you know i put down the bones of spiritual practice the things that we wanted to see in the world we couldn't think about something happening outside of us without us like without happening inside of us and um so it's really like having that change happen uh, 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 in 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 really quantifiable ways so that we could actually see the shift happening within our own community and then it would ripple out with other communities. So I think for me that that is and change and and life is change. You know everything mm-hmm. around us is change. Everything around us teaches change. Um you know and so it's 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 important for us to understand that. And and uh I think that I I would say that uh I've never realized 
change can also be both slow, really slow, because I feel like change has always occurred to me as really slow before. You know, something that happens and then you build it over time and so on and so forth. And then suddenly with both COVID and George Floyd, change has become extremely rapid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and so how do you then really be relevant in that moment? How do you shift? How do you shift yourself to stay relevant? And how do you also, but, but how do you stay true to your values when that happens? I mean, those are some of the uh, thoughts that occur to me in this particular moment. Uh, I wonder if the punker has something to say about that too. Yeah, uh, thank you for that question, uh, Sage. Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, we have uh, deal with it constantly, constantly. You know, it's a constant uh, challenge to deal with the changing definition of change. <laughs> um, uh, uh, you, you know, you, you talked about art and culture and contextualized tactile, um, the meaning of, uh, you know, maybe... Uh, 30 years ago in my life, you know, I would define art and culture to be, uh, you know, to be different from what it is today. I don't even want to remember how I defined it before Mm -hmm. Um, uh, because it was a colonized mind, um, you know, waiting outside the door, um, uh, collecting crumbs of even a language which is not my own, uh, definitions which never reached my soul. Um, And and that was uh, how I participated in um, uh, the the while in a culture which is uh, ancient, uh, but that's what colonization um, uh, ha- has done. So to me now, art and culture now um, uh, today um, uh, in July um, of 2020, I define art and culture to be made uh, a, a structure to be made uh, which is built out of you know uh, genocide, out of slavery out of colonization, out of uh, the burnt buildings down on our street, the, the, the shreds of wood and glass, the, 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 the cotton, um, the, the, you know, the, the stories uh, that are stemmed, the stories that have been collected or not been collected. To me, now I define art and culture. Um, those, the, the messiness, the messiness of that is what, uh, in which I find spirituality and my art and culture. And, you know, in Egypt, uh, uh, when we look at the ancient temples, there was a whole generation that built, that dug, uh, just just Mm. dug uh, and built the foundation. A generation of artisans built the foundation. Then another generation built the walls of the temple. And another generation built the ceiling. So, you know, talk about keeping eye on the prize and talk about having, uh, you know, vision, ancient vision, you know, which comes from the past, which lives through our bodies in the present. And and we are ready to stay the course. You know, to me, how do we, um, you know, live? Uh, so change happens individually at an individual level, you know, which is, again, a danger point that we discovered and we took a U-turn from there because people talk about but. Um, you direct, you are the artistic director, you, uh, uh, the, where do you face racism, you know? But this, then we again took a uh, shift from that, that change happened, yes, individually and systemically. And it has to be systemic shift of permanence towards equity uh, is what, uh, uh, what I would define change to be. Um, you know, in the world of, it has, that's what I've learned in the world of domestic violence, that 
It's not about, um, you know, you support us so much and you are such in standing in solidarity that you are so keeping quiet, you don't do anything. So, so, uh, so we need to individually, yes, step up and then shift systems. And then we can begin with the lexicon of shift and change. Mm-hmm. Thank you both for that. I've got, I'm, I'm taking notes because I love talking to you all. And so that's going to be taking, taking notes and, and thinking about things, the, the, the pyramids. I, I hadn't heard that before. Actually, it's the first time I've heard about like the, the generations. It makes so much sense. And, and what does it mean to, uh, um, to stay a course, to stay a course, you have a, a direction uh, uh, towards equity, towards justice, and knowing that you have a role to play, and there are others that may come also after you that are still engaged in this. And this idea, I think, um, Mina, when you were sharing, so this change connected to the the vision, the vision of it, the vision and, and the systems and how it happens. Because one of the things that um, when you talk about systems, for me, it's, it's a lot about the how, right? Sometimes, and this is where... Um, the diversity, equity, inclusion framework sort of loses its legs for me in a lot of ways. Is it becomes who? It becomes about the who, like who's in the room, who are the people, and that makes a lot of assumptions about uh, about people, right? Like it, in a way that that to me also flattens. That's another way in which our humanity gets flattened, right? And so when when we're talking about systems, we're talking about the how, the how things are moving, and like what are what are the hallmarks that help you make decisions. Um, when you're building something as magnificent as the pyramids or a just and transformed world. And I think part of that, just to uh, piggyback on what you're saying, Sage, is literally how do you put in place the, 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 the uh, structures that, uh, that allow that change to happen, right? And so like Red, one of the first challenges we were faced with in, in Minneapolis, which has increasingly become demographically different, but in the when we were first were here, it was it's 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 a very wide uh, space, you know, the Twin Cities. And so when I remember when we first auditioned, and um, in 1995 for our first play, we overwhelmingly got we, we really uh, uh, overwhelmingly got white actors to come and audition for us, you know. And and then we realized we looked at the paper and looked at how the audition message had been phrased, and we changed the phrasing of the audition message in the paper so that we could invite more. So, and then we act also changed the way we auditioned. We, we completely changed the way we auditioned to, incl- to really invite more people. I don't like the inclusion paradigm, by the way, and I can say a little mm-hmm. bit about that, but the, uh, we changed the way we audition into, uh, to, to, to invite more people of color to come in. And so that first play was so diverse. And with that, Body, the, with the bodies in the room of that first play, we created rituals. We sat in a circle. We created the two minutes of silence. We literally uh, made connections. We built ensemble. We honored multiple ways of knowing and, and, and being. You know, uh, We honored and acknowledged that we were on First Nations, I mean, that we had a relationship with First Nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we built a very relationship, relational, relational way of being. Right? We were in circle. We were... Um, uh, had multiple languages in our work. I mean, I'm just naming some of the things that happened in that first process. We, we, mm-hmm. we, we really shifted the process of work itself because, you know, a process is actually as important for us as, you know, the product happens. It's excellent because there are excellent artists in the room, but 
but how do you create a process in which people respect each other, right? And and so how do we value everybody's story? So how so building equity and justice into the very bones of who we are, and that's what has been Pangea's work right from the very beginning. And sometimes we didn't have words for it. Like I think people talk about honoring First Nations land now, but we didn't know that. But prior to Pangea, we 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 did a play, and we had mostly immigrants in that play. And one of the things that uh, we realized though, with that first play that we did, this was pre-Pangea, kind of Pangea in the making, Pangea in the womb, if you will. Um, and we realized that how could we do a piece about immigrants without having First Nations, like knowing that there were people before us. So right. we didn't necessarily use that language, but we invited an elder from the indigenous community to be part of that piece. And and that's how we've got 27, uh, like we've got 27 years of relationship with Sharon Day, who's an amazing elder in this community, and with her grandson, who's now the Punkers mentee in our and doing a directing fellowship with us. So relationality becomes very important. The organic building of relationships becomes mm -hmm. very important. That sounds like the core of the system, right? Like, yeah. That's 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 amazing, uh, and I love the story, the the arc of you had a moment, and you're like, oh, we're looking at the room, and this is not what we had envisioned. Like this is not. So what? How do we go back to um, what we had called out? You know, because there was there's a real um, uh, clarity in that story about. Um, the role that you all are playing, right? It's not like, oh, they didn't read it and come, but like, how are we reimagining our invitation to people and creating a space for folks to feel like this is where they belong? And and 25 years later, and I haven't seen your work and know the work that you do, like that that invitation is still strong and and is such um, such a core to how I think everyone who engages Pangea, like even if they don't know what the name means knows that like your uh the work that comes out is connected to so many different communities uh um and so many different people's lives and stories um i'm i'm really kind of sitting with this this phrase you used apanka around definitions that reach your soul right like uh that i feel like is a really um uh um valuable way to think about how we build systems right like where, where, um, can you say a little bit more about that? Um, like when you say definitions that, that reach your soul, what, um, what shape does that take for you and how have you seen that? Um, well, you, you know, Sage, it's, um, uh, yes, practice, uh, you know, the word that you whispered right at the end yeah. of your question is the, is the, you know, the praxis of, uh, the pra the praxis of the theory, you know, we are, we are, or, or the nomenclature. The I mean, uh, you uh, you you addressed. You talked about um, how we had to rephrase our audition. We have to rephrase the welcoming, you know, um, the, rephrase the welcoming. And uh, this was this advice was given to me by an elder from the African American community. They they said I, I said you know uh, I I don't want to. Why did I leave theater where in I would be earning, you know, in one month what I will not earn in Pangea in six. Um, you know, as an immigrant, when my, you know, I should still educate my nephew and nieces, two single, um, uh, my two sisters who are single mothers uh, sending money home. 
you know, I don't want to create another white space with hierarchy and with Euro-American center, centering of the male patriarchy, the, the director. And if these are the only people who are auditioning, I want to go get right back to where I was safe and personal and only individually mm -hmm. selfish. And then this elder said that, show me what you, what was your um, phrasing of, of the, uh, uh, and my phrasing is what I have learned. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, inviting people to audition, equity actors welcome, non-equity actors welcome, please <laughs> come. You know, and, and so I got, I got what, uh, what it meant. And, and it was the tons of 75 actors in one day uh, for three days. I mean, we got tons of actors. I cannot say they were, and hardly anyone, uh, maybe two, two African-American actors. And those are my personal friends whom I bullied. <laughs> I bullied. I said, man, you better show up. Uh, but, but then, you know, what we realized from that, what Mina just addressed and reminded me, you know, that the nomenclature has to shift. The languaging has to shift. The language that we use is not our mother tongue. And I mean, there is English and there is white. There are mm -hmm. two separate languages. And um, uh, 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 yes, at present we are engaging in the currency of English, you know, uh, but which was distinctly not white. And, and so our basic grammar had to shift. Our uh, languaging has to shift. Our nomenclature has to shift. So, so, so you know, the, 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 we have to redefine. Like even the word pandemic now, to make it current, said pandemic from February, March 15th, I remember our show got cancelled and um, the huge economic loss, our, uh, our, 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 or we'll talk about how our staff, you know, we first got them together and said we have started the journey together, we'll end it together because we started hearing, you know, large institution let, uh, letting go of 98%, 95% of their uh, staff. So everybody was nervous and they were coming to Pangea for uh, opportunities. So we first got our staff together and said, no, we'll be, every, we have staff, nobody will be let go. We, it will not happen. So exhale out. So that time we were defining pandemic to be just the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. So then we took a pause, we are, we are taking a pause and deep listening and deep assessing and deep thing what to, you know, but we were just trying our best not to act and get online, get online, get on like everybody else was doing, you know. So we paused and then the pandemic, May 25th happened. May 25th will be etched in my soul forever. You know, May 25th happened when we saw We saw an adult black man's face being crushed on asphalt on the road. And, and that, that neck and the knee and the blue uniform, you know, May 25th happened. And then we redefined pandemic, not just with coronavirus. We, we realized that the pandemic that we have gotten used to, and yes, there have been resistance consistently, is that pandemic that made that moment happen in modern day, in broad light, in, in front of our eyes, in front of our nose. You know, and I'm, I'm aware that I'm talking to an African-American uh, uh, you know, leader, and uh, we have lived with that history. But to happen, to see, to perceive down our street, in front of our eyes, that street which belongs to us, that violation, you know, is etched in my soul and will forever live. And so therefore pandemic, the language, uh, you know, 
the definition got redefined for me. We are, we are addressing two pandemics. One, the one uh, that came maybe from February and another pandemic that was born when the first brown black baby was born. You know, and, and so that's an age-old pandemic. And we are, we are committed so strongly now to redefine every, every word that comes out of our mouth. We have to think and speak because we cannot let be, be um, you know, uh, the, what is the word? Um, uh, the, the, uh, the, the stewards of benign, malignant, feel-good, you know, lexicon which has mm -hmm. kept uh, this, uh, you know, inequity in place. Uh, you know, so the, the, this meeting, the, the, this interview, if we, if we had done before July 25th, you know, um, our mission statement has a particular meaning uh, to us. And now our mission statement is like on fire, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and a sense of immediacy and a sense of relevance um, so, so that's why I mean it's a long answer to your question that how uh, you, you know the real intention has to come from the soul, and the soul is getting shaped by the currentness, the presentness, you know. Yes. And, and what does solidarity mean? Even the definition of solidarity has to be redefined. I'm in solidarity with the African American community. I'm in ally. All those words mean nothing. It has to be just thinking, assessment, organizing, action. That's what solidarity means, you know, and and uh, and um, and so everything is uh, uh, immediate and it's burning our skin uh, right now. Uh, I'm sorry I went on a uh, maybe related, hopefully related tangent. It is in incredibly related and so grateful and uh, um, for for the work that you both do and for Pangea and, and for the passion that you hold and for being uh, my friend and, and being um, uh, in this with me. I know you all are with me and with us. Um, and I think there's something really, what you're making me think about, Dapankar, um, is there's something also really serendipitous for lack of a better term, like uh, for us to be talking now for for the your for your episode of Tactile to be showing up now, right? We've been we've been in Tactile. We're in our second season. It could have happened at any point, but you know things have lined up. The universe has lined up for this to be a moment, and I think that has happened specifically because of um, the way that you all respond to conditions. Um, from a place of value and soul and move things forward is extraordinary. Um, and, and I get to watch it up close, but I, I would love for folks who, um, um, who don't have that privilege and that pleasure and that honor to hear a little bit more about like what, what have you done, right? Like what, uh, how have you shifted your staff? How have you moved around? Like what sort of, um, projects have come up because I think what often happens is folks, um, especially in our, our field, like there's, there becomes this like freezing moment of like, Oh wait, I, I do seasons. Now I'm not doing a season. I don't know what to do. The world is burning. What, you know, and, and there's a way in which you all have because of the core of Pangea, you all 
are have an analysis. Like so you're thinking, you're your and so then your iterations are actually connected to what's happening in our material world. So that's a long that's my long way of saying, what are you up to? Can you share with us what have you been doing? Sure. Um, so uh, we live and work on Lake Street, and Lake Street was really affected in the with after George Floyd. Uh, what happened with George Floyd? And so, you know, uh, some of the restaurants that we collaborate with, some of the places that we collaborate with, were burnt down during that time. And um, so, it, it uh, you know, and it's just right down, literally thirteen blocks down. Uh, the shops opposite our house were also burnt down. Uh, were, were not burnt down. Sorry, they were looted. Uh, there was a liquor store right next door that got looted. Uh, the Walgreens near our house burned down. So, I mean, you know, so there's this devastation everywhere. And what happened during COVID, as Dipankar said, we literally took a little pause during COVID. Uh, we had another program called Lake Street Story Circles that was happening. And we had commissioned 10 amazing, amazing, amazing artists in the Twin Cities to respond to what's happening on Lake Street with COVID. It's called Lake Street Story Circles or Stories of Lake Street. And all of them were responding to uh, COVID. And so, uh, and then when George Floyd happened, all of them actually shifted and said, you know what, we need to respond to this time that we're living in. And we also had our staff, you know, our staff are ensemble members, they're artists, they're um, also, uh, many of them are artists. The majority of our staff, in fact, are artists because one of the things that we did at Tangier is how do we give a living? How do we really sustain artists in our community? So we hired artists who had, you know, they're so multifarious, they have so many talents. <laughs> Mm -hmm. in our, and sometimes we had to train people to be an office manager or to, to be a development associate or to be other things in, in Pangea. So, uh, so we called our staff. And I remember uh, before uh, George Floyd happened, we were planning our benefit. We were like wanting to do an online 25-day benefit and things like that. And then when that happened, everyone came to the phone call and we were like, oh my God, what's just happened? And yeah. we have to, uh, uh, we have to, we, we can't do business as usual. We can't do administration as usual. We can't do this thing. And so what we then did was we, uh, Dipankar and I actually went back and thought about it. And then we asked the artists and our staff to create, curate, facilitate something during this time. And it's like, so we gave them a little budget and we said, you have to share this out. This has to be, this has to go to artists in the community. You can pay yourself, but it has to be equitable when you do that. And, and then as we were doing this process, so everybody came up with the project. So we have nine projects that have come out of this amazing time that we're living in. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, so, and, and not only that, but we also ask, uh, uh, so, so uh, what has happened really organically, which is what I'm so excited about, is the fact that when we have staff meetings now, we basically divide people up into groups or they divide themselves up into groups and every single person weighs in on everyone else's project. So it has become really organic, very democratic, very, you know, people weighing in on each other's projects, people helping each other. And because people are so invested deeply in each other's projects, the entire staff comes behind to help a particular project. And, and so it's this really a process of not a top down. Again, it's all of us working together. How do we do this together? How do we... Uh, you know, and it, it literally happened organically. We didn't think it would happen in this way, but it just happened in this way. So that's something that's been mm -hmm. truly exciting. And the projects that people have come up with, it's really centering Black Lives Matter. It's really centering uh, what's happening 
today. It's really centering and I'm really proud of the staff because they themselves have come up with these projects that, uh, you know, and, and not only that, they're gaining skills in facilitation, leadership as this is happening. So it's really beautiful to see what's unfolding. That's amazing. Um, what, one of the things you've got me thinking about, and it, it, it kind of ties back into something you said earlier, Mina, about uh, practicing mm-hmm. internally that which you want to see in the world. Then even in, in, inside your, your staffing moment, you're practicing what does it mean to care for someone else? What does it mean to think about the well-being? What, is it, what does collective well-being look like? What, is, what does redistribution look like? Like all these things are, 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 uh, um, uh, are living in, in multiple ways inside the work that you all do. You know, y'all know I'm a bit of a little, you know, science, quantum physics, which is really just observing the natural world kind of nerd. And this, um, uh, um, so a lot of this idea of like the fractal is what came to my mind. This idea yes, of self-similarity yes. on every scale, right? From, from, from the work that you do to from the, like the different communities that, create work when your seasons are up and working to this moment when you needed to make when a pivot that the world was calling for us to be different the similar you you pulled the same thread uh, the same threads internally inside the org inside with your staff and and created some some beautiful things that came out in that way and so i just that's what's um um listening to that's what's reminding me about um which leads me to like this. Um, uh, so, which also is one of the reasons why, for me, um, when we were uh, framing what Lane was going to be, right? Um, Pangeo, you know, we're just like, please, you know, please make sure you want to be in it, you know, it's, it's something. <laughs> um, because it, it, there's already in you all and the way that you work and in the DNA of, of the company and you all, this understanding of the relationship between the uh, um, individual, the collective, the system, like it, it's already in you all. And so um, I want to talk a little bit about what your journey through Lane um, these last five years and, and um, has has supported for you all. Like it, what uh, um, what's it, what's been at the core of your Lane journey? Um, I think, um, what, you know, one of the things I was thinking about as I thought about our Lane journey is that it's been incredible to have a, a cohort of people that expand, that is really um, supportive in the same ways that we are, that there are, there's this, this thinking in the field that is, um, resonates with each other. We're not all the same, but we are, um, we resonate with each other, right? And so in that sense, to have somebody, like uh, stand for you um, has been huge. And as an, you know, I have to say that as an immigrant, it's very hard to feel like you belong. If belonging takes a long time. I think belonging in the world takes a long time as a human being, but belonging as an immigrant to another land takes a very long time. And so to have this huge, this, this enormous, amazing cohort of 12 organizations, um, a, a leader like you, Sage, and uh, the NFF, like, you know, Nonprofit Finance Fund, to have those structures in place 
that really are really the only goal is to help you grow as an organization to what you want to be you know to kind of experience to to expand on your own greatness in a sense has been absolutely wonderful i feel like when i am in moments like this i believe that movement moment, movements are possible because we can build it together right and even uh, participating in the evaluation uh, conversations that we've been a part of like you know to 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 build an evaluation from the ground up has been huge to believe that a foundation is can be your partner is huge you know I, I, to to change the thinking of foundations as givers of uh, money to being partners in the in 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 with you in the search for equity justice whatever it is i feel like of course they could do a better job of that but yeah, <laughs> it feels like like it, it just felt, no, it feels it's, a, that it's an inherited it's an inherited uh, transactional uh, again, again it's a language the legacy of the language and the, therefore the legacy of the practice and therefore the legacy of who gives and who receives you know these are all intertwined um, uh, and and so so it has been a transactional relationship we are outside the door they are inside an office and in between there's a huge building the wall <laughs> the wall <laughs> the, the wall the, the literally metaf- <laughs> the metaphoric wall uh, literally and metaphorically you know uh, you know and and so that is what we have been groomed to believe that the, we can never find partners inside those places we can never find but that what lane did it broke down this wall and shifted the tra- kind of the a relationship which has been schooled um, with, with people who have this color of skin to be transactional to make it into a transformative conversation where we are invited number one to bring our own stories listen to other people's stories mm-hmm. and, uh, and ultimately these are the stories right you know we're housed in an organizational growth housed in personal growth housed in community growth i mean some of it is called organization some of it is called uh, professional development these are just terminologies but basically these are stories and yes. and to see that um, the foundation has thought partners foundations have uh, are, are ensemble a part of our ensemble together and not just one event or one day um, or for or a 3 day conference that we go we wear a tiny little plastic name tags and then we sit down and then we come <laughs> back and start struggling again and uh, yes. you know and after sometime we forget that we had even attended the conference this is like consistent the systemic uh, support uh, over the years over the years and constantly bringing in the people to learn from to educate to hear each other's stories it's really i mean um, we are stitching a quilt quilt with the threads of steel mm-hmm. and you know to me to me that is what lane is um, uh, lane has done to us that right. that this sitting in a room number one i realized that we are not mad <laughs> this is not only, this is not only happening to us are we crazy am i are we lunatic we just don't know maybe because we are immigrants we don't know how to work the system but then you sit in a room with these brilliant minds and everybody is saying the same thing mm-hmm. and that's when you realize my god it's systemic and therefore since systems have been constructed we in the room are going to deconstruct that and create an alternate system where people are invited right and uh, i think and, and part of it is also the notion of validity right i mean it's like because we did our work no matter what we didn't care whether anybody mm-hmm. thought we were valid for like 20 years and we just 
did our work. We just kept doing our work. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think, I mean, you know, for us, it was how do we honor multiple aesthetics, right? How do we honor? Uh, and, and so often we would get great reviews. We would get bad reviews. Who the hell cared? We just kept doing the work that we were doing, to, uh, getting mm-hmm. as many people in a room and really encouraging people to express who they were really, you know, to bring their whole selves to, um, uh, uh, to really express their body politics. And so, but at the same time, uh, I feel like being in a room like that really um, validated us in some way, you know, mm-hmm. and validated us with the people that we cared about validating us. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you know, it's, it's, it's okay, fine, you're valid, and I, I don't really care. For me, it's about community. How do we build that community? And how does the community then reflect back what we're doing, you know, and so on? So it's like this mirror. How can we hold a mirror up? How can they hold a mirror back up? The sustain, you know, the, the pivotal word, you know, Sage, what I'm finding now, uh, I'm questioning everything that I've been doing and I'm questioning uh, and I'm rephrasing, reframing, rethinking, rearticulating. Um, uh, now, if I pray, uh, if there is uh, calmness inside me ever that uh, to pray <laughs> um, is, mm-hmm. you know, sustain. How do we? Mm-hmm. Sustain is is my biggest prayer, which I which is the biggest challenge. You know, um, how do we sustain? Not just today, because I'm around ten powerful people like Sage Kramp and Setu Jones and Sharon Day. But how do how do I do this six months from now, a year from now? And that is the biggest prayer that I have, uh, and and that is what Sage um, uh, the Lane consistently. You know, brought us together, gave us. Um, you know, we have we have co- coaches, we have consultants, we have friends, NFF. Lead. You know, it has been this continuous, continuous, continuous rigor, 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 rigor. But rigor of love, rigor of support, and in front of our eyes, we are seeing how it is, di- how what a difference it is making in our own rooms. The number of staff, the number of the, our imagination. Now, the struggle is not from a point of scarcity but a form of abundance, uh, redefining the question that whose field is it? Who Mm. will give us permission? Why the hell have we wasted time waiting for permission? We are are doing it ourselves. And to me, lane and resources, of course, every bit of what I'm saying is being, um, uh, you know, nourished. The soil has been nourished with needed resources and nutrients. And and Mm. therefore, the relationship with the soil that we have made, uh, you know, has just enriched us. And, and to me, um, the, the, those five years, um, the primary, uh, you know, the, they say that when you journey, the truth sifts to the top. It's a matter of time when the truth, truth is very simple. You don't have to search for truth. Truth sifts to the top. And, mm. the, and, the, and that's, uh, that, that sifted truth, it, I'll, I'll say the first thing is um, sustained uh, learning, no way of knowing and resources is the sustainability um, of continuous sustainability is uh, what we receive from Lane, and I think that is the core of our change that we have experienced. And it's and it's participating in something that we truly believe in, in the way that we truly believe in. I think for Lane, for me, because it's it, you know we've participated in many many labs before and many of them have been very very useful no doubt i mean they've been amazing they've built us up but i think in lane there's the spirit of exchange there's the spirit that we are the experts in the room that uh we we can create this together that we're going to build 
the, the next evaluation. We're going to build, uh, what, what, is, uh, you know, how, what does power look like? We're going to actually build the, uh, the structures and to know that you've been a part of building those structures has been amazing. So I feel it's, it's the thing, for me, it's really um, that, that uh, 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 you know, in, in, in a way it's been like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, learning from each other, but it's also we're, we're organizing together. We are creating together. We are, you know, uh, learning from each other as peers. Uh, those have been immensely important and we're building leadership together, you know. I, I I really really appreciate that about Lane's learning process. Man, if folks don't understand why I enjoy talking to you all by now, <laughs> then they haven't actually been listening. Go ahead and rewind this so you can go back and listen to this this uh, uh, conversation again, so that you can get all of the the amazing. I mean, I love this this framework of systems or stories. Right. Like that's that's how they get built, like as, as, that we all have like these stories and, and coming back to, to and because of that, we can all we can do new stories. We can write new stories. We can create new stories. Yeah. Right. Like that. That is is such a space of power and agency. Right? Right. There are some so there are some times I, I know why I'm living with the bunker and this is one of them. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm like that, yeah. see, we're, we're, we're sparking a little extra you know, cuddling time in the household tonight. That's what tactile is for. <laughs> then we have to bring, since we're talking about sustaining that seed, the tactile has to come every day. <laughs> we have to talk to Sage and everything. <laughs> I will be happy to pop in for a few minutes <laughs> every day. That would be that would be sustaining for me. That would be so wonderful. Wonderful. Um, I think, um, um, gosh, there's so much in there. Um, one of the things I'm curious about, like what then feels possible? Right? What feels possible about what we can do in the world, what we can change, what we can, when, when we have the, these connections, when we're thinking about stories, when we are grounded in relationships, when we're connecting um, everything from our, our most intimate moments to, to, what a just world looks like and we're practicing the, the same muscles in all of those spaces. What then is possible about the world we live in? Like I get so excited when I think about dwelling in possibility, when I think about dwelling in the possibility that we create. And then when you look at the outside world, it feels so, um, uh, 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 so daunting, right? Mm -hmm. It feels so daunting. The, uh, uh, the world outside. And so, but I feel like that's why for me, it's like really looking at, okay, what are we going to do now? How can we shift the to today? How can we shift tomorrow? How can we make mm -hmm. these little shifts that become larger shifts? And also for me, you know, I haven't forgotten that we are in, in the Twin Cities, there's not a single theater of color that owns their own space. Those are really mm -hmm. serious inequities that exist out there. And we're working very, very hard at shifting those inequities uh, in very real ways. And at the same time, that just doesn't feel right, you know? And so I'm really like, like, okay, so how do we make possible, not only for Pangea, but for other people to really, if they want to, to own their own spaces, to have their own uh, uh, tables that they can sit at, to create the tables that they sit at, you know? So I feel like that's, and at every step, I feel one of the things that we've done is, okay, we don't, we're not at the table here. We, like Dipanka was saying, you know, we wear our sorry 
uh, uh, little badges and we go to, to go to a place. So we don't have, you know, we, we're not invited to the table there. Hey, let's just create our own table. So we created the Directing Institute. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the National Institute of Directing and Ensemble Creation uh, that was that's created by Art to Action and Pangea World Theatre. And, you know, and, and created a space for now many, many hundreds of artists to come here and do peer exchanges and exchange directing and ensemble methodologies. For women and mm-hmm. people of color. It's for women and people of color. Thank you. And so that, so, you know, it's a, so, so it's like, I feel what this makes possible for me is really like to dream of any possibility, to dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in a space that feels very daunting, you know, in a, you, and, and I, so I guess that's my long answer. Yeah, you know, uh, the only thing that I would add again, um, you know, I think Mina is the engine and I'm the oil, I think. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Or, or Mina is the engine and the oil. I'm a little bit more oil. Is <laughs> 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 the... The, you know that if you're saying one of my teachers in South Africa taught me that if you're saying no to something, you got to say yes to something else. Mm-hmm. If you, it's very easy to like in college we'll sit together and act very French and smoke weed and with our berets and you know coffee after coffee everybody's sleeping with each other. I mean, I mean, and then I've seen a group of my friends twenty five years later, twenty years later. They're still in smoking the same weed, having the same conversation, and not one of them have ever applied for a single job. Then I tell them, guys, you think somebody will come knock at your door and say, "Here is fifty thousand uh, dollars. Go do a play." That won't happen. Mm-hmm. That and uh, that just. I mean, I'm talking about my college days. I mean, as an international student, we were not even allowed to take up a job in the campus. There, we. I mean, uh, we are not allowed to work off. It's illegal to work off campus. Um, you know, so I mean, any room that will have me, whether it's an intern and an assistant to an intern, an assistant to the assistant of the intern, I needed my foot in the damn door. Mm-hmm. You know, and. And from there, you become an intern, then you become an assistant, then then uh, then uh, the, I've directed in those places, and then we have created our own space now. The point is, and then when I was telling, before I would refuse any assisting jobs, I would first tell my friend, hey, they want an assist, uh, you know, I'm busy, I can't, can I recommend you? And I was told, Dipankar, we haven't done our MFA to, to assist. And I said, oh, so your next job, we are discussing in July, your next job is in December as a Santa Claus in a mall, you know, but, 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 uh, but you will not go get into one of these organizations so that they get to know you, they have their your resume, you know. So again, you know, the, the oppression of possibility, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the moat of, of possibility, um, you, you know, that has been inside our damn heads, you know, has been consciously constructed where you start believing that that is all that's possible, you know? So yeah. that's all that's possible. And the word, the wordings are the same. Now when Sage asks me through Lane and through uh, the, the discussion that we are having, what is possible? You know, the, con- the statements are the same, but the context is different. There, what is possible is exactly what we were getting. You know, crumbs outside the door, uh, you know, if at all, entry at a very Clark level. I mean, we, we have experienced that. We have mastered it in colonization. We educate ourselves enough. We learn English well enough. Get all the degrees to do the Clark clerical work of people who mm. are, are the policymakers. 
right? We never even can imagine ourselves to be a part of that policy-making table. That is, that is what has been. But as we decolonize and as we go through and as we sit in rooms like which Lane provides, you know, you know, uh, then we, we realize that what is possible is very simple. Very simple. It's not complex. You know, mm -hmm. I, I just want all of us to start believing that it's very, very, very simple. You know, what is so complex? She said, if you give me $100, you know, I keep 90 for myself and I give 10 for 350 organizations to divide. Yeah. What the fuck is the difficulty in understanding that? It's simple. It's very simple. So what is alternately possible is we create a space of equity where that 100 bucks, we, we don't divide it equally because mm -hmm. people who have had the legacy of having an annual budget of 40 million, you know, and now they're saying after COVID, we have hit rock poverty. We are doing, our annual budget has become 20 million. And after 25 years, we are trying to raise two to three million to have our own space, which will open up for the whole community. Now, what is the fuck is so difficult for people to understand the inequity? Yeah. There is no difficulty. So it's a very simple uh, process where we are doing the right thing, you know. So uh, what is alternately possible is a space where we we keep chairs for our elders, microphone for our youth, you know, and and we we we, we and then we uh, bring up uh, issues. We all decide. We all vote. We see that end of the day when people go home, you know, we are doing the facing the mirror and say we have done the right thing. You know, it's very simple. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. I was I, I love that. Like, it's so simple. And and I, I was in a conversation with with my partner, Muti Reed, the other day. And Muti um, brought up this phrase by this black feminist writer and brilliant thinker, Tony K. Bambara, asked a question. Um, what are you pretending not to know today? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I knew you all love it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, when Muti said that to me, I was like, oh, wow. That, yes. that, that, that cuts every, in every, so it's such a multidimensional question, you know, thanks yes. to Tony K. Bambara and grateful for that uh, being offered. And, and I think that, 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 that it can be one of those core questions of like, okay, if you can answer that, then you can begin to build yes. a pathway, right? You know, um, Thank you all so much. So grateful for this time. Um, Thank you, Sage. Thank you, Sage. Thank you. It's been huge. Thank you. It's been beautiful to talk to you. This has been a recording of Tactile, a practical guide to transforming art and culture. The podcast of Leveraging a Network for Equity, Lane. Lane is a program of the National Performance Network. Lane is sponsored by the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation. If you would like more information on Lane, our cohort members, or the National Performance Network, please visit www.npnweb.org. Thank you for listening. And please, share Tactile with your friends and colleagues.